Tammy Bobrowski, producer and host of What We're Reading, and it's time again to hear about some new children's books from Tracy Campa, children's librarian at the Grand Rapids Area Library. Today we'll hear about new books from Jane Yolen, Natasha Donovan, Pedro Martin, and Sarah Everett. You may have heard of the Pack Horse Library Project. There have been several popular adult books, such as The Book Woman of Troublesome Creek, written about this 1930s Depression-era program. Supported by over 30 different libraries, mostly in Kentucky, 200 people, mostly women, delivered library books to over 100,000 residents of the Appalachian Mountains. A few librarians walked, but most rode horses. The inimitable Jane Yolen has written a great book for kids describing the project. The Horseback Librarians tells the tale of the fictitious Anna Mary, rhymes with library, as she travels her rounds delivering books to kids in their homes and schools. While delivering the books is the high point of the job, we also see Anna Mary as she struggles to tend to her horse and finds safe places to sleep along her route. One night might find her sleeping under the stars, while another night might find her cuddling up in the hay in a barn. This book brings home the joy of receiving a new book and the wonders that await when you open the cover. If you are looking to share a bit of history with the bibliophiles in your life, check out The Horseback Librarians by Jane Yolen, beautifully illustrated by Alexandra Badu. Moving is hard. For Ojig, moving to the city feels impossible. He misses his family, and he misses nature surrounding him. Most of all, though, he misses the stars. His parents try to help him by sticking stars to the ceiling in his new bedroom, but they fall off. His dad finds a star nightlight, but while it glows, it doesn't twinkle. One day, Ojig's mother asks for his help making a quilt. As he hands her different color triangles, Ojig's mother tells him the history of his people. A white triangle for his white-haired great-grandmother, a yellow triangle for his great-grandfather who got sick after rescuing a sled dog pup, a red triangle for a relative who hid in a sack of potatoes when the government agent came looking for indigenous children to take to the boarding school far away. Finally, Mama finishes the quilt. She opens it to reveal one giant star, a star for Ojig to wrap himself in, a star filled with the stories of his ancestors. Ojig realizes that, quote, home is where you know who came before you. Home is where you discover who you are, and home is where you imagine who you might become, unquote. This is a perfect book for anybody who is homesick or just looking for those comforts. Check out When the Stars Came Home by Bethany Luby, illustrated by Natasha Donovan. We haven't talked graphic novels for a while, so as a reminder, 
A graphic novel is a full-length book written and drawn in a comic style. Graphic novels are excellent for human brains because they require a reader to both read the words and interpret the pictures, which happen in different parts of the brain. Thus, graphic novels require more brain involvement than reading a traditional novel. Mexikid by Pedro Martin is a graphic memoir. While Pedro lives in California with his parents and his eight siblings, this story centers on his family's trip to Mexico to pick up their grandfather and bring him home to live with them. The family is too big for one vehicle, so the older teens take the truck with benches in the bed of the truck and ropes to use as seatbelts. This is the 1970s after all. The younger kids ride with their parents in the relative comfort of the Winnebago. Pedro doesn't know much about this grandfather they're going to pick up, his abuelito, and is nervous about living with him. He only really knows that Abuelito was a hero during the Mexican Revolution. How do you connect with a living superhero who only knows a language that you are not completely comfortable speaking? After hearing about some of Abuelito's adventures, Pedro imagines him as a Jedi Mexican Batman Catholic Hulk. While this memoir is hilarious in many spots, it also doesn't shirk from the realities of the journey like bribing guards at the border after those same guards just stole many of your personal belongings, digging up their grandmother's grave so her remains can be safely interred above ground, being swindled by street thieves, and even picking up a dead deer and finding out a few miles down the road that it wasn't actually dead. This is a story of family, of culture, and of one epic road trip, I think almost any kid or adult would love to share this journey with Pedro. This is what we're reading on KAXE, KBXE, and today we're hearing from Tracy Campa, children's librarian at the Grand Rapids Area Library. We just heard about some new picture books and a graphic novel, but next we'll hear about a new middle grade novel by Sarah Everett. It's called The Probability of Everything. And when Tracy described this book to me, I got literal chills. I cannot wait to read this book. Here's more from Tracy. What would you do when you knew the world was going to end in four days? An asteroid known as Amplus 68 is barreling towards Earth, and the expected impact will end life on the planet. Some families continue as if nothing is happening. The kids go to school, parents go to work. While 11-year-old Kemi wants to go to school, her family tells her no, that they will gather as a family and stay together. So they hunker down at Aunt Miriam and Uncle Steve's house and everybody starts preparing for the end of the world. Grandma gathers food and spends days in the kitchen cooking everybody's favorite dishes. Aunt Miriam and Uncle Steve organize and plan. Kemi's mom on pregnancy bed rest stays in the guest room sleeping much of the day. Kemi's little sister Lo toddles around and is watched by the adults. Kemi wonders what will happen when the asteroid hits. How will life end? How will it feel? Over the next days, as the sky grows a deeper purple from the approaching asteroid, 
Kemi decides that she wants to leave a time capsule for the people who come next. Something to show them that her family existed and that they lived a full life on Earth. At first, it's a secret. She and her cousins try to find something that is most important to each member of the family to go into the time capsule. Soon, though, the whole family is in on it, and they provide things for the capsule. A years-old boarding pass from her dad's best friend, a stuffed animal from her cousin, a neon sign from another cousin, socks and a plaque from her aunt and uncle, a magic shirt for her mom, a restaurant menu for Kemi. But Kemi's dad? Kemi can't think of her dad's favorite things. She has several ideas, but while he tells her those are important things, they are not his favorite things. Time is running out and Kemi feels desperate. Finally, on the last day, she knows she needs to bury the time capsule, even without her dad's contribution. In the driving rain, she and her cousins attempt to dig a hole and bury every important thing. And then it ends. But maybe it didn't end with an asteroid. Maybe it didn't end in total destruction. Maybe it ended in a more real way. While I refuse to spoil this for you, please know that I was rocked to the core when I discovered how life ended for Kemi and her family. This is a book worth your time and your thought. Please don't miss The Probability of Everything by Sarah Everett. Happy reading! Yes, 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 yes,